This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. How many of y'all appreciate Pastor Nolan Bishop? Anybody like this guy over here? He's a good dude. He's a good dude, I got to tell you. He's going to be teaching today, so y'all give him a big God bless. Amen. Well, good morning, church. You all look good today. It's so good to be with you in God's house today. Woo. Uh. It's Christmas time, isn't it? Is everybody ready for Christmas? We got one. You ready over here, right? You ready? You re- well, that's good. You speak for everybody. Well, hey, look, just uh, a little public service announcement today. And this is especially more so probably for all the men in the room today. So if you're a man... Listen close. There are only seven shopping days left. Seven shopping days left until Christmas. So if you haven't gone out and got your better half, the one you love, that special gift, you got seven days. All right? Just so you know, the women say, amen. Cool. Now, that reminds me of a story. You know, I heard a story about a man who, uh, like most men, waited to the last minute, and it happened that it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve, and he had forgotten to get his wife a Christmas present. So this man did what any good man would do. He got in his car, his truck, and he, he sped over to the mall. And uh, he got to the mall, walked in, went to the, one of those big department stores, you know, like uh, J.C. Panay, something like that, right? And he walks up to the, uh, to the cosmetics counter. And he asks the clerk, he says, uh, he says, can you help me find something for my wife for Christmas? And the clerk says, of course, sir. said, I'll be glad to help you. Uh, She said, I I think I have just the thing for you. So the clerk walks behind the counter and she gets out a a big bottle of perfume. That's pretty good, right? You like perfume. She brings it out and she opens it up and she lets the man smell it. And he says, oh, I like that. That smells good. He said, "Uh, how much is it? That's the question you got to ask. And uh, she said, oh, well, this is only $200 a bottle. Now, the man, he, he had to back up. And uh, he shook his head. He said, uh, he said uh, no, he said, uh, that's a little too expensive. He said, uh, can I see something cheaper? I need to see something cheaper. Clark says, okay. Closes it back up, goes back on this side of the counter. Gets out a, a little smaller bottle of perfume, brings it out, opens it up, lets the guy smell it. He smells, says, that smells pretty good. I think she'll like that. He says, uh, how much is this one? She says, well, sir, this one's only $100 a bottle. It's only $100. The guy shook his head. He backed up again. He said, no. 
He said, oh, that's too expensive. He said, have you got anything cheaper? I need to see something cheaper. Clerk scratches her head. She goes back, back here on this side of the counter. She gets out a, a little bitty bottle of perfume this time. She brings it out, opens it up, lets the guy smell of it. He says, that don't smell too bad. I think that'll work. He said, uh, how much is that one? She said, uh, well, this one here, sir, is only $25 a bottle. Well, the guy shook his head. He said, no. He said, no. He said, uh, he said no, that's too expensive. He said, that's too expensive. He said, have you got any? He said, I need to see something cheap. Clark looks at him. She said, I got just the thing for you. She walked back here behind the counter. She comes out. She pulls out a mirror. Hands it to him, says, take a good look, you cheat. So there you go. Don't be cheap this holiday season. Well, being that Christmas is right around the corner today, I wanted to talk to you guys today about the blessing of Christmas. The blessing of Christmas. Today we're going to look at the question of what it means to walk in the blessing and the favor of God, all right? Now, the word blessed, if you think about it, I think gets thrown around a lot in Christian circles. You know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of people think it could mean like you're rich in something, right? You're blessed, like, uh, you know, your girlfriend got a new car, right? And you say, girl, you're blessed. Got the new car? Or that uh, long-lost loved one of yours passed away and left you a million dollars. You would say you were blessed, right? Maybe. Um, sometimes you can ask somebody how they're doing, and they'll say, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Y'all ever heard that? Y'all may have done that, right? Sometimes it could mean things went well for you. We take it like that, almost like some people like to make it like you're lucky or something, right? Like, uh, like you ask somebody, well, I see y'all made it through that bad weather the other night. You say, yeah, we were blessed, right? Right? Um, or now... I've done this, I have to admit. Maybe it's that holiday shopping season and you're cruising into Walmart parking lot. Right? And you cruise around, you know, you go around this side over here, this edge, and you go all the way up to the front, and on the front row, there's that empty parking space right there waiting on you. You say, favor of God, favor of God, right here, favor of God, I'm blessed, right? Right? And there's some of you in this room that may remember this. I'm not as young as you think I am. There used to be on TV a preacher, and every week he would end his program by saying this. He would say, I pray a heaping helping of blessing is coming your way. And by that, he meant that everything's going to go your way, he hopes, right? Um, it's kind of the Christian version of may the odds ever be in your favor right? 
That's kind of what it's like. Um, and of course, there's this one, right? Every time somebody sneezes, what do you say? Bless you. Why in the world do we say bless you when somebody sneezes? Does anybody know? Nobody knows why. I had not found anybody that knows why. Now, I want to tell you this. Sneezing is probably not the time that I need you to say bless you over me, all right? Now, maybe when I'm walking around and I hit my toe on that piece of furniture during the night because it's dark, you know, and you have all those Christian swear words that come into your mind, you know, maybe then it's when you need to say bless you. Now, I know some of you are wondering, now you got it on your mind, why do we say bless when somebody says, when somebody sneezes, why do we say bless you? So I looked it up so you don't have to. The reason that came about is because of back during the time of the plague, the black plague, that's what folks started doing. When someone sneezed, people started saying, bless you. They were immediately blessed so that they didn't get the plague. That is what Google says, at least, why people say, bless you, when somebody sneezes. So, I asked you that. What exactly then does blessed mean? If you think about it, what does the word blessed or favor of God, what does that really mean? And how do you know that you're walking in the blessing and favor of God? Well, today, if we look in our Bible, the phrase blessed and highly favored comes from a statement that Gabriel said to Mary. Did y'all know this? Did y'all know this? Gabriel said this to Mary when she was pregnant with Jesus. He said, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored among women. So when Mary's cousin Elizabeth was with Mary, she used the word three times over Mary. She said this in Luke 1. She said, um, she cried with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And blessed is she who believed the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. But what does it mean, though? What does blessed mean? Today I want us to look at a passage of Scripture in God's Word in which Mary composes a song. And if you look over in Luke chapter 1, in Luke 1, I don't know about you, but in verses 46 through 55 in my Bible, it says Mary's song is what it says. So Mary composes a song in which she calls herself blessed. She says, I am blessed. Now we could say technically that this is the first ever Christmas carol. Think about it. Mary composes a song. It's Christmas. Jesus is born. It's the first Christmas carol. But unlike a lot of our Christmas music, it's not sentimental. It's revolutionary today. You see, a true Christmas song, I believe, should turn your world upside down. And today we're going to look in God's Word in Luke chapter 1. We're going to read what Mary's song said. So in verse 46, this is what it says. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, 
all generations will call me blessed. Will call me blessed. Verse 49. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Verse 51. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away Empty. Verse 54 says this. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So after reading this, I want to ask you a question today. Would you have thought of Mary as blessed? Yeah? What you think? Would you have thought of Mary as blessed? Well, let's think about it a minute. At the point that these statements were made, that she made these statements, Mary's life, some would say, was basically ruined. Think about this. Her reputation was ruined. A teenage girl, pregnant, out of wedlock, in a culture that she lived in, that was a serious scandal. And then add to the fact that she was engaged to a guy that wasn't anywhere around, so the people knew that the baby wasn't his. And so she was considered as someone who betrayed her fiancé. And by the way, the angel, when he came to Mary, he didn't go to Joseph immediately. It was not until several months later that the angel went and visited Joseph, right? So when we, what we just read, when Mary is composing this song, when she is saying this, the man that she loves has turned her back on her, turned his back on her. And this stained reputation that Mary had stayed with her some would say the rest of her life. And add to that fact that Mary was the poorest of the poor. If you think about it, if you read in the Bible, Mary was poor. Scripture shows us, look at it, that when Mary and Joseph offered their sacrifice at Jesus' birth, they couldn't even afford a lamb to offer for a sacrifice. You know what they had to do? The Bible says they offered two turtle doves which was an exception that they made for poor people at the time that could not afford a lamb for sacrifice. So she was poor. Not just poor, but really poor. And then if you think about this, there's the whole difficulty of having a baby at her age. Most biblical scholars say that at most, at the oldest, Mary was 17 years old at most probably younger than that. Can you imagine being 17 and having this weight dropped on you? How could you explain this to anybody? Hey, an angel came. The baby's God's. 
There's no believable explanation, right? So be honest. If you were looking at Mary based on what we just talked about, based on the externals, would you have called her blessed? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have called her blessed. She hasn't been given a close parking space in the Walmart of life, has she? But in the core of her being, she is carrying God inside her. In the core of Mary's being, she knows she is carrying the Savior of the world. So her blessing today, I believe, consists of two things that we're going to cover today. And in these two things, I believe that we will find the blessing of Christmas. The first thing I see is the presence. The presence. Notice in what we just read how much Mary speaks about God in the first person. She said, God, my Savior. She said, he has looked on me. She said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was lowly, but you exalted me. But nothing has changed in Mary's circumstances, have they? Everything's still the same. So Mary today, I want you to know, is not rejoicing in what God has given to her. But Mary is rejoicing in what God has become to her in Christ. Think about what I just said. Mary is not rejoicing in what God has given to her. A lot of times what we associate with the blessings of God, things that we receive, right? Not Mary. Mary is rejoicing in what God has become to her. At this point, you see, Christ in her is the only exaltation that she has. Jesus inside her is her only fullness. Jesus inside her, her only sustenance, her only salvation. So today I submit to you, maybe that's how we should think about things, that Jesus inside of us is our blessing today. Not the things that we receive, not everything around us, not our circumstances, but the fact that the Savior of the world lives inside you and me today. That is the blessing today. Look at verse 49. She says this. She says, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. These three things. These three attributes of God combine to make up, I believe, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Holy. You know, people misunderstand this word, I think. A lot of times we think of the word holy as a weird church word, right? Holy. But holiness means wholeness. Go figure that, right? Holiness, wholeness. 
is what it really means. Perfection, if you will. It is everything as God intended it or as he created it to be. That is what holiness is. For instance, a holy earth is an earth that functions in all the beauty God created it in. A holy person is someone who lives with integrity, with honesty, with love. A holy marriage is one in which a husband and wife love and serve one another. And I want you to know today that God is holy. God is holy, which means he is perfect. And in him there is no corruption because God is holy. Now you and me, not so much. Because we get used to sin, don't we? We get used to sin because it is all around us. Abuse, violence, betrayal, hatred, dishonesty, immorality. It's everywhere. We get used to it, don't we? Because we see it. But you know what? God never does because holiness is his beauty. Holiness is the beauty of God. And because he is holy, it meant that if we're ever going to know him, if we're ever going to have a relationship with him, then we had to be saved. We needed to be saved. So today God is holy, but he's also merciful. He's also merciful. Mercy means that God looked at us and had compassion. He couldn't just watch as we perished. Isaiah says it like this. It says, it's something like a mother feels for a newborn baby. You know, as a parent, maybe that feeling that you want to take all the pain away from your kid. That's what it's like. But then Jesus said, um, he said in Luke 10, he said, that doesn't come anywhere close to describing the love of our God. He said this. He said um, that our comparison for our kids, the love that we have for our kids was evil compared to God's love for us. Think about that. So God is holy. He is mighty. He's merciful and he is mighty. And because he's holy, because he is holy, he had to do something about our sin. Because he is merciful, he wanted to do something about our sin. But I want to tell you today that because he is mighty, he was able to do something about our sin. He's holy, he's merciful, and he's mighty. Do you know that there is only one thing in the Bible that is called the power of God? Just one thing. Now, God does many things by his power. And our God is a powerful God. But I want you to know there's only one thing in the Bible that he calls his power power. He calls the power of God, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me show you. In Romans 1.16, it says this. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it 
is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. You know, David said in Psalm 8, he talks about that God made the universe with his finger. Psalm chapter 8, if you read it, go home when you read that. David talks about how God made the universe with his finger. I saw this little kid's book uh, one time, and it kind of, to give a, a little kid an idea of how big the universe is, it made a comparison. It said this, it said, if the Milky Way, which is the galaxy in which we live, if you didn't know that, the Milky Way, we live in the Milky Way. It said, if the Milky Way were the size of North America, all right, so think about this in your head. If the Milky Way were the size of North America, then our solar system, the Earth, our sun, all the planets that orbit the sun, you know, everything, our solar system would be about the size of a coffee cup. Just hold on. And it said, Earth, the planet which we live on, Earth, would be just a speck inside of that coffee cup. And then it says that you and I would be a speck on the speck inside the coffee cup. God made all of this with his finger. It didn't even take an arm. All it took was his finger to make all of that. Yet he never calls creation his power. Think about it. Now, I want you to know that it was a miracle when God hung the stars and the moon. That was a great miracle. But I want you to know that an even greater miracle happened when he came to earth to rescue us from our sin. That was an even greater miracle, wasn't it? David says in Psalm 8, he says that this God who created everything with his finger a world that is so big that I'm just a speck, that that God would look on me and he would regard me. Do you still think today that you're too guilty for God to forgive? That your life is too messed up for God to save? I want you to know today that the greatest blessing the blessing that makes all others appear insignificant in its comparison is that Jesus is ours. That holiness, mercy, and might are characterized by his life. You see, he was holy. He lived with perfect love to God and to man a picture of what we're supposed to be and what God wanted to make us. He was merciful. Can you think of anyone who came to him in repentance or anyone that came in need and was ever turned away for any reason? 
His mercy sometimes appears almost reckless, doesn't it? Think about the woman with the issue of blood. He was holy, he was merciful, and he was mighty. Was there anything that we fear that he could not fix? Was there any sickness that he cannot cure? Is there any demon that he cannot command? Is there any storm in your life that he cannot steal? Is there any grave that he cannot empty today? Is there anything that he cannot do? Our God is mighty today. To the dying thief on the cross, he showed us that there was no sinner beyond reach of his mercy. To the woman with the issue of blood, he showed us that there is no problem too small, no person too marginal for him to care about. To Mary and Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, he showed us that he weeps with us in our sorrow and that he comforts us in our pain. Today, he is the treasure. He is the blessing of Christmas today. Jesus is his name. So today, the blessing of Christmas. I told you that. I believe in that we find the presence. And the last thing today is this. We find the promise. If we look at verse 54, Mary says this. She said, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. In Christ, God was willing, he was fulfilling the promise that he gave to Abraham and his descendants many years before. Think about this. He gave the promise to Abraham that he would bless him and make him a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Do you know that it's been 2,000 years since that promise? And I'm sure many people at this time had concluded that those promises were no longer valid. Or they probably even wondered if he even existed at all. When the angel shows up to Mary, the people hadn't heard from God in 400 years. Think about that. Yet I want to tell you that God had not forgotten. You see, in all things, he was working to bring forth Jesus, which was a greater blessing than any of them had ever imagined or dreamed. And I want you to know that in the same way today that he's working in and through you, sometimes invisibly, sometimes silently, to bring forth Jesus from you. Sometimes it may feel like he has forgotten you. Sometimes it may feel like he is far away. But I want to tell you today that God has not forgotten. And the Bible says that he is closer than a brother. He is always there. He's always hearing every prayer. And I want you to know today that being blessed 
and highly favored does not mean living a life without suffering, without bad situations, uh, and with parking spaces that are miles away from the mall. But what it means is having the presence and having the unalterable promises of God in those situations, in everything that happens, in everything that we go through. Being blessed means that his presence is there. Being blessed means that we have his promise that all things, are going to work together for his good. Amen. All things. It means having a life in which God is committed to conforming you more toward the image of Jesus and bringing others to know Jesus through you. Today, the gospel is this. The gospel is that we are unworthy. And because of our sin, if you want to get honest today, we deserved death. That's what we deserved is death. But the gospel is this. But God, in his infinite love for us, sent Jesus his son and he took our sin now Jesus said it like this he said blessed are the poor in spirit now the poor in spirit have nothing right but God gives them everything he gives them his riches Jesus said blessed are those who mourn because of their guiltiness right because they are the ones who get forgiveness. Jesus said, blessed are the ones who are weak because they are the ones who get God's strength. So today I want to close by asking you this question today. Are you living a life? Are you living as one who is blessed and highly favored today? Today you have a choice. You don't always feel like it. But this Christmas you can choose. You can say in Christ I can lose it all because in Christ I have everything that I need. Are you blessed and highly favored today? You see God's presence and his promises are with you. And that's all you need today, regardless of your external circumstances. No matter what is going on in your life today, you can have the presence and the promises of God in your life. You see, blessing is not about your circumstances. Blessing is not about your potential. Blessing is not about your personal worthiness. But blessing today is about the character of God who is for you. He is for you. And he is working for you. You know, we see all throughout the Bible that God has always pursued a relationship with his people. 
In the Garden of Eden, God walked with Adam and Eve. In the Old Testament, God had his people build a tabernacle where his presence dwelt. They even called him Jehovah Shammah, which meant the God who is present with us. And then when the angel appeared to Mary, he told her that she would give birth to a child and his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And now he dwells inside of us by the Holy Spirit, which makes him closer than ever before. So I want you to know today that Jesus said he came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's what he said. He's pursuing you. He's been pursuing you all your life. Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. But here's what he asked. Would you stand with me today? Here's what he asked. Jesus says, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you need rest today? Do you need peace today in your life? He says, come to me. Come to me. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's teaching of the week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.